listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Conklin. In most of our episodes, we'll have a guest, a woman who is running on mission right where she's at. We pray this podcast leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news. Hey gals, it is our motherhood and mission week here at the Go and Tell Gals podcast. Leading up to Mother's Day, we are talking about all things mission and motherhood, how to run on mission as a mother how to experience mission even if you're not a mother and are called to spiritual motherhood or just shepherding other women. We're talking to so many different types of women and today we are talking to Morgan Harper Nichols who has truly mothered and shepherded so many women through her art and through her poetry and is now gearing up to become a physical mother as she's pregnant with her first child. So enjoy this episode with Morgan. She is gentle and inspiring and God is mighty in her. What a treat we have today. We are talking briefly with Morgan Harper Nichols, who you all know and love. If you don't, you have got to find her online. You will love her and be so inspired. Morgan, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today. Yeah, so thank you for having me. As you know, like I'm a huge fan of what you do, so it's an honor to be here. Ditto, ditto. You know I'm a huge fan. I am actually <laughs> literally with my eyes looking at a print of one of your poems. And oh, wow. I just always wonder, <laughs> like, how does it feel to have written words and made art that have encouraged, inspired, and given wings and energy to so many people all over the world? You know, it's it's very humbling. And I, I sometimes I hesitate to use that word because I feel like it gets used a lot. But honestly, it's such a reminder to me of how everything I do is so much bigger than me. It's, it's beyond me. Because I think it's so easy when we're creating anything to get stuck in our heads of like, yeah. maybe I'm not approaching this right, or maybe I'm not doing this in the right way. But once it actually gets out there and you see what happens with it, and you see what God can do with it, it's like, oh, wow, Like this is so much beyond what I had imagined. And that's a beautiful thing. So yeah. that's why that's why I use the word humbling, because it's like, oh, wow, you know, I put all this pressure on myself. But yeah. once you're speaking from the heart and you put it out there, it gets where it needs to go. Okay, I've got like a quick understanding of how this all came about, but I know you've been involved with art, creativity, ministry, using your gifts for a while, but will you just give everybody like a quick snapshot of how you got to where you're at right now and what work, what mission, what your ministry looks like on a day-to-day basis right now? Yes, I'll kind of give like a quick version of my life story because it, <laughs> it makes sense to what I'm doing now. But I am a homeschooled preacher's kid. So I grew up in like a small town in a house with one other sibling. So we were like a weird homeschool family because it was just two of us. <laughs> um, so a lot of times homeschool families have like multiple kids, but not us. It was just the two of us. And my dad was a pastor of a really small church. So I was like in a very small world. And because of that, I feel like it really helped nurture a lot of creativity within me. I had to use my imagination a lot. My sister and I had an embarrassing amount of imaginary friends. Like we had like a whole village. Like she had her crew and I had my crew and they like communicate and get together. It was just off the wall. So um, (laughs) I don't think I've ever shared that before. So (laughs) 
Jamie, if you're it. listening, I hope you're okay with that. Sorry, Jamie. <laughs> and our and our mom, especially our mom and our dad, they really encourage us to be very creative. So it's always been within me and just seeing my parents in ministry, like those two things were always hand in hand. I always saw it come out before me. But in terms of seeing it as a part of my career or something I would do, you know, beyond school, that wasn't much of a thought of mine. I mean, I, I thought about it a little bit, but I was like, oh, you know, I'll probably work like a nine to five job and that's okay with me. Yeah. And, you know, do creative things on the side. So that was sort of my, my thought process. But what ended up happening, long story short, was that a lot of the things that I was interested in doing in terms of like test scores and things like that, like I really wasn't, that wasn't really the direction that I could really go in. And the arts was something that on paper, it was starting to make sense. It was like, wow, this might be something that I can pursue. This might be something that, you know, maybe God is calling me to do and that I need to look a little further into. So even though I was definitely apprehensive, especially just being a little bit more naturally introverted and kind of keeping to myself. You know, I was so a little apprehensive, but I ended up just trying many different things through music and through photography. And before I knew it, you know, I was in college and I was really involved in a lot of different creative ways. And I always, I would try things, but I always kind of had just like a little bit of hesitation, sometimes a lot of bit of hesitation yeah. as to really wanting to put myself out there. So an example of that would be, I would start a blog, but I wouldn't put my name on it. I wouldn't put my picture on it because I was like, all right, I'm going to write, I'm going to create, but I'm not really sure if I'm ready to fully commit as myself. That pattern has just repeated itself over and over in my life. And it continued even after college. But one of the biggest breaking points was Honestly, when I was 26, and that was when I was kind of in an interesting spot career-wise, and I was feeling really discouraged, and I sat down, and I wrote a poem for, like, the first time in years, mm -hmm. and that poem starts with, when you start to feel like things should have been better this year, remember the mountains and valleys that brought you here, and those words just kind of became the theme of what I would say is my was my quarter life crisis of just feeling like um you know I was like oh I should I have this more figured out by now like maybe I should just give up being a creative you know if I can't really do do it the way that others are doing it you know I'm not as successful as this person or I don't really fit in this market I don't fit in that market either maybe I should just give up so that poem kind of came out of that and I ended up sharing that poem on Pinterest and I shared it on Pinterest instead of sharing it on Instagram or Facebook because I was like, nobody I know really follows me on Pinterest. So I was like, it's, I was like, this is just my way of getting it out there. No one's going to see it. I just, it's like there, boom, I did it. Move on to the next thing. So this was in um, November of 2016. And then at the beginning of 2017, I got a message on Instagram where someone was like, Hey, did you see this? reality star she posted a poem that you wrote on her page like your name is on a poem because I wasn't writing poetry or anything no one knew, knew that and I was like yeah that is mine how did she even find that so I was I told her I was like thank you thank you for sharing my piece and I just kind of went on and then a few days later someone was like did you see this athlete share your poem on their Instagram I was oh, like right. I have no idea how they found that. So I was like, you know what? Let me go back and look at that Pinterest post that I did. And 
I had no idea, but that pen had been repinned over a hundred thousand times. And oh. I don't even remember putting tags on that pen. I didn't link it to a website, nothing. It was just a picture. There wasn't even any art. It was just a picture of the poem from my notebook and I posted it on Pinterest. Wow. So I was like, wow, like, I did not expect that people started to ask me, do you write more like this? Like, do you have more of this topic? And I was like, no, not really. Like that was kind of like the one moment <laughs> that I made something like that. But people were asking. So I spent 2017 honestly responding to that ask. Hey, is there something here? And I was like, you know what? If strangers on the internet who I don't know are asking me, I, I think there's something here. Even if I can't see it, I'm just going to trust that there's something here. So. I spent all of 2017 carving away, trying all of these creative things that I honestly kind of left behind in high school and college. And then I got toward the end of 2017 and I was like, you know what? I was still kind of dealing with a lot of the self-doubt and not really wanting to fully put myself out there. And I was like, what can I do to continue doing this? And not constantly be concerned about, well, am I doing this the right way? Am I putting myself out there too much? What can I do? And I looked at my Instagram and I don't remember how many people were following me at that time, but I remember looking at that number and I was like, you know what? This is like a few thousand people. I was like, if I could just create something for each of these people one by one and not focus on the number as a whole and not focus on the bigger picture of, you know, the billions of people who are out there and the billions of people who are active on social media. If I could just focus on one person at a time, I think that would give me a lot of peace and that would help keep me grounded. And, you know, looking back on that now, that just really kind of ties back into my childhood and the way that I saw my parents, especially the way I saw my parents do ministry. They were, they were so one-on-one -on -one with people, you know, in our really small community. And I, I think I was just kind of going back to that place of just like one by one, one person at a time. So I posted on my Instagram story. I was like, hey, if you would like for me to write something for you, I'll keep your story private. I won't share it with anyone. And I'll create something with your story in mind and I'll send it to you and then I'll share it with everyone else. And I was thinking that maybe I would do it for a week or two, but that was in October, 2017. <laughs> and here we are now in 2019 and I'm still yeah. doing that. And I'm still creating um, pretty much on a weekly basis. Now I have people submit their stories on my website now. And I just randomly scroll through an email that I have or people where I just scroll through the email and I'll just randomly stop on a name and I'll open that email and I'll create something just for that person and I'll send it to them and then I'll share it with everyone else. Amazing. And the thing is, it's life-changing. I know because you're humbled over it. It's, it's beautiful, but it is genuinely life-changing. And what's crazy and so cool about the internet and mission is that it's wildly life-changing for that person that you've created that art for. And then God just blows on it. And... Mm expands it like way beyond the horizons mm. of what anybody will ever be able to see besides him. And so mm. I'm just so thankful for your willingness for, for the fact that you see it as ministry and as mission and, and that you let him bring those gifts so solidly to the surface. Because what, what I capture about that story is no one was doing this. 
Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. No, no yeah. one was saying like, I'll create art and poems for people individually and let the spirit speak through me in those ways. And yeah. you did because it's who he made you to be and it's what he gave you to do. And it's, it's changing people's lives everywhere, which is just amazing. It just goes beyond me. Like I, I'm still trying to like understand what's happening here, but yeah. at the same time, that's kind of the point. It's not about understanding, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. about just trusting and continuing on. So, so yeah. I'm grateful that you, you picked up on that. I feel it. I, every time I see one of your pieces as a lock screen on one of my friend's phones or like out in public, if I'll see it on somebody's phone or something like that, I'm like, dang, thanks God. Wow. Like, thanks mm. God for how you use her. That is incredible. And just an incredible seat you get to have in people's lives too, you know, that maybe you don't even perceive or feel, but that he's just using your art and, mm. and your color and your words and your vibrancy in just such beautiful ways. Mm. Thank you. I'm so blessed. And in the middle of all that, you got pregnant. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So talk so, about and, that. Yeah. So in October of 2018, which is right around me and my husband's eighth wedding anniversary. That's when we found out we were pregnant. <laughs> so we had talked about trying to get pregnant for many years and, you know, having children in whatever way they, they would come to our family in some capacity. But we were kind of like not really in a rush. <laughs> we were just like, oh, you know, it'll happen. It'll happen. You know, maybe next year. And then we would say maybe next year, maybe next year. And then last year, I guess God was like, this is the year that's going to happen. So we're really grateful Right now I'm 34 weeks, so coming around the bend and just this pregnancy has taught me so, so much. And one of the main things that it's taught me, and I've heard that, you know, even after you give birth, that this continues of just having to be present and be still and can't be as rushed as you were before. I didn't realize until I got pregnant and I started dealing with a lot of fatigue, I didn't realize that I had really been overworking myself mm. um, just because I'm, I'm very grateful that I get to do something that I love as my job. But the downside of that is sometimes you can just work, work and work and not even realize that you're sitting there for 12, 14 hours a day yeah. working on something. And it's like, when's the last time I've had sunshine? Like, yeah. when is the last time like I've gotten up and stretched and being pregnant made me realize like, you know, I've spent a lot of time working and that first trimester, I just couldn't do it. Like I was just tired. Even with the project where I'm writing for people, I used to do that every day, Monday through Friday. That was just like kind of my morning routine. Even if I could only spend like 30 minutes on it, I would just start the day working on that. But now it's moved to once a week. And that was very hard for me yeah. <laughs> because I was like, this was a part of my routine. Like I had my whole routine going and, you know, you just have to start making those adjustments. So that was the biggest thing I've learned. And then, you know, also I, I was just really nervous about the process of just being pregnant and just the whole concept of like another human being <laughs> being inside yeah. of me. Yeah. That was just so foreign to me. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready, but I've just learned that like many things in life, we're often more ready than we feel like we are. I feel like I've learned that. I didn't think I was ready, but now that I'm in it, like I, I was ready. I, I was ready at least from a foundational standpoint of like, I was ready to learn. I was ready to grow. Not that I have it all figured out. <laughs> I'm still learning. 
but I definitely realized I was stronger than I thought I was. I was more equipped than I thought I was to walk through the season. And I think that applies with any season in our lives. Like when you're, when it's ahead of you and it hasn't happened yet, you're like, there's no way I'm going to be able to walk through that. You know, even challenging seasons, like there's, there's no way I'm going to be able to walk through it. But when you're in it, you're like, you know, maybe I am a little bit stronger. I think maybe I do have, you know, what it takes to at least take this day by day. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. I'll be interested to hear, maybe we can do like a check back in, but I'll be interested to hear in that season of new motherhood. Now, everybody talks about like early motherhood with just these extreme exhaustion labels over it. And it obviously there's, there's different levels of sleep that you're getting and (laughs) you're like physically depleted in different ways. But what is interesting to me is that I think back on every single one of my newborn seasons with this overwhelming sense of grace, just in like Mm. how forced you are to slow down, to sit and feed Mm. another human, to like change a diaper your, your, your mm. pace is slower and I'll be interested to see how those like forced moments of rest and connection also deepen your love for your work and mm. yeah. you know deepen your deepen your perception of your work like when mm. people ask me all the time like you know is being a working mom harder sure there's like challenges all around it but what I find is that being a mom doesn't make my work better it, do- it doesn't shift it outwardly as much for everyone else but it shifts the way I value it mm. personally you know mm. it has given yeah. me a new perception on it and so I think it'll just be so interesting to watch even like specifically early motherhood shade this season of your mission Mm, yeah, that's something I, I definitely think about too, because it's like I know I know it'll change, even if I'm not sure how ready I am for it. I'm like I need that change. I need to be open to what this new season is going to bring. Yeah, I mean, especially like you said, just grace. That is something I've always really struggled with. You know, especially understanding what grace looks like for myself, and that's one of the reasons why I write I write about it a lot. And, I've been working on trying to figure out how to get this into like a long form blog post or a video or something, because a lot of people ask me, what do you mean by grace? What do you mean by that? And I'm like, look, I can tell you what grace means, but just please know I'm still figuring it out myself. <laughs> like, yeah. That's why I write about it so much because I'm the kind of person where like I can give grace to other people and I can encourage them and say like, yes, you know, like there's, there's grace for where you are. But when it comes to myself, I'm like, no, you should have worked a little bit harder. You should have gotten a little bit more done before you had a baby. You should have been able to get this done. This is a little too much rest. And just realizing, I'm like, you know what? That's not how I would speak to the people that I love. So I'm not going to speak to myself that way. My sister is actually pregnant too, which is really funny. She's two weeks behind me and we did not plan it at all. She actually came over to our house. (laughs) They came over to our house to tell us they were pregnant. And I was like, funny story. I'm two weeks ahead of you. (laughs) And she was like, of course you are. Because she's younger than me. I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I still, I'm still two weeks ahead of you here. (laughs) You know, when I'm talking to my sister and I'm encouraging her, you know, it's like, I have to say those same things to myself. I'm worthy of those same kinds of encouraging words. And it's so easy to look at people that we love or people that we look up to and say, oh no, that's fine. Like, take your time, rest, you need it, you deserve it. But it's like, how often do we say those things to ourselves? Mm. So that's something I've really been working on because oftentimes when I turn that lens on myself, I just get so critical. 
that's yeah. something that's become even prior to the birth that's become something that I've been working on because when I think about having our son I'm like that's something I want him to speak kindly about himself too I don't want him to be himself up yeah. you know I don't want him to think that he's not worthy of grace and that he's not worthy of rest that he can't have those things so you know we have to model that before him and we have to do that for ourselves. So yeah. even phrases like self-care, like that was never a part of my vocabulary. Yeah. Until honestly, until I started seeing it on social media a year ago, I was like, self-care, okay, that makes sense. But what is that, bubble baths? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what that means. So even just digging more into like taking care of myself, I'm like, well, I want my children to take care of themselves. So I have to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. They have to see me doing that. So what is that going to look like? So yeah, that's definitely something that I'm really grateful for that I've started to kind of share my art online and some of these things that I'm having to work on because even just hearing people's stories, it's made me think about things I have to work on in my own life. You know, I'm mm -hmm. like, here I am encouraging someone to see themselves as the gift that they are and to not put themselves down because they went through a rough season. I have to believe that for myself too, yeah. you know, even as I'm sharing it with others. So I'm like, as I get ready to share that with my son, you know, I have to believe that for myself too. So. I love that. Okay. What's helping? What tools or tips or tricks are helping in this season of mission, but also like preparing for motherhood? Is there anything that's, that's working? Yes. This is kind of like a, I feel like such a simple one, but it's just such a part of my life now. And that's taking naps. You know, I've heard that sleeping is going to change very soon. Sleeping patterns. And I love maybe, my sleep. Maybe. So, you maybe. Know. I mean, you can just yeah. come out with the perfect sleep. You never that's know. true. That is very true. But yeah, I've just realized, like, the past few days, I took a nap every day, like, the past four days. And a year ago, Morgan, I wouldn't have been able to tell you the last time I took a nap. I do not take naps. Like, even if I'm on, like, a long flight or a long car ride and I'm just sitting there, I do not go to sleep. I pull out my laptop, I pull out my iPad, I get to work, I do things like I do not take naps. So I've just been amazed. I can, it's so practical. It's it. like, dumb Morgan, but I've been amazed at like waking up from a nap. I'm like, wow, I feel refreshed. <laughs> I feel like I can carry on the rest of this day. So that's been a big one. I love it. Whenever I take a nap, I always think like, I cannot believe naps are free. <laughs> yes. I cannot yes. believe naps are free. Yes. I can't believe we just get yes. to do this for free. So I know. I know. It's wonderful. It's really nice. I love it. So I get asked a lot of random questions online about what lipstick I'm wearing or where I got my shirt from. And usually the answer is pretty unimpressive. I don't know, Target. <laughs> but there's one question that I get asked very often and it's an answer that I love to tell. And that is almost anytime someone asks where I got my shoes, I'm able to say able. If you don't know about Able, Able is a women's ethical fashion brand on mission to challenge the culture of the fashion industry by creating transformative opportunities for women. 
And I came in contact with the owner of Able a handful of years ago and fell in love with their company and not only with their company, but also with their products. If you have seen the cover for my book that comes out in September, You Are the Girl for the Job, we knew we wanted to have Able shoes on the cover. Those shoes that you see right there are some of my favorite shoes that I wear all the time that I love so often, but I also love their bags. I love their clothing. I love their jewelry. And in lieu of a wedding ring, I wear an Able ring that says the word temple on it. I love that they are a woman-led business, transforming the lives of the women that they work with. And I love that they make incredible products and that they have a strong mission. And they are doing an exclusive discount just for Go and Tell Gals podcast listeners. You can get 20% off everything on their website using the coupon code GOANTELL20. So if you've ever wondered where my shoes are from or just where I like to get my shoes from or a lot of my jewelry or my bags or some of my clothes, I love Able. I love what they stand for. I love what they're doing. I love their mission and I love their culture and I love their products. You can find them at livefashionable.com. And again, that coupon code is GOANTELL20. But what's your Enneagram number? I am a five okay. with a four wing. Okay. So yes, yes. So that's been very interesting. Also being pregnant because, you know, fives are not in their bodies yes. at all. <laughs> so, yes. You know, being forced to really be in my body and get out of that headspace mm. has been such and my husband's an eight so he's like yeah let's go like <laughs> like we were just at the gym this morning and i'm just like trying to keep up with him he's such like a body type such a doer and i'm like morgan just you know get out of your head get into your body and yeah so i love it, I love it. <laughs> so 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 good okay a few other just fun questions for you any books that you've read lately that have just shifted you changed you helped so much Oh, wow. There are so many. <laughs> this particular one, I already read it, but I just read it again. It's not it's not a new book, but I just read it again. And that was The Sacred Enneagram by Chris mm -hmm. Stewart. One thing I love about it is he has different practices like in the back of the book on different ways to pray for your enneotype. And for me, that was silence. And that mm. just hit me hard mm. because I I am not a fan of silence. I don't make a lot of room for that in my life. So that's just really been challenging me in my prayer life, in my devotional life, because so many times, like even when I just sit down to have time with God, I'm like, okay, what can I write about this? Like, you know, what can I get down on paper and, and just really dig into this? And sometimes we just need to be, and we just need to be present and not worry so much about what our brains have to say about it. Mm. So that was a really good recent read. And then I read On the Brink of Everything by Parker Palmer. And I don't know what drew me to this book, but it's actually a book on on like the final stage of life and mm -hmm. getting ready because he's maybe in his 80s and just talking about like his life experiences and different things that he's learned and having to embrace the season of knowing your life is going to end. I know that might sound really morbid, mm -hmm. but it's just the way that he writes I and mean, it just made me so grateful for life. And I really got a lot out of that book. So mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last question. And 
this is a little bit of a left turn, but how can podcast listeners pray for you just in these next few weeks and months? That's so kind. (laughs) I would say prayers for embracing new rhythms in life. Being at Enneagram 5, I love my systems. I love to have things figured out exactly the way I wanted and planning it all out. So just being in a place where it's not so much about thinking it through and it's just about being present. I think I answered that question. Yes, you did. Kind of like an audible journal entry there. Absolutely. Well, hey, everybody, as you're listening, just pause, take a minute. Thank God for Morgan. Thank God for her gifts, the gift that he's given her. Thank God for the words he's given her. And in Jesus' name, we just pray rest and passion and peace and productivity as much as God would write into this season. We pray that he would stretch out the hours in the sweetest time. And we thank you for this friend and all you're doing in and through her in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Morgan. Amen. Girl, thank you for taking time to talk with us. We're so, so, so grateful. Yes, well, thank you for having me and thank you for creating the space. I'm very grateful. My actual joy. Thank you, friend. Thank you.